Welcome to another inspirational teaching by Pastor Charles Neiman, Senior Pastor of Abundant Living Faith Center. All right, here we go. We're going to continue tonight talking about, uh, uh, to me, it's just a really intriguing thought, right? Which is, I'm calling it, a going forward life. Probably not good grammatically, but how many of you get the picture, right? A life going forward, living a going forward life, all right? And so uh, if you weren't here last week, I'm going to do a little bit of review just to kind of get you up to speed with us uh, as we look at this. And uh, I started off by saying that, uh, and I'll repeat it again tonight, that for some time I have been really become aware of three realities. Number one, that our Father wants our lives to go forward. Our Father wants our lives, your life, my life, your family, my family, us as a church family. He wants our lives to go forward. Now, that is the impact of a life blessed by Him. If you take your notes, write this down, right? A life going forward equals the impact of a life blessed by him. The word blessed literally means to cause to go forward. So when God, if, we, if we're asking God to give us a blessed life or we want to live a blessed life or we believe that God has blessed us to be a blessing, then that means that God is in favor and is releasing power to cause your life to go forward. Number two, right, that many lives, even though it is the Lord's will that lives go forward, sadly, many lives are stagnated. The word stagnated means to cease to flow or run. It is a life that has stopped developing, advancing, or, listen to this, being usefully active. Now, you know, every time I I read that definition, I'm just challenging my heart to be usefully active. Not just active, usefully active. How many of you got to catch that, right? it's, It's quite a challenging thought when you think, something to be aware of, huh? Usefully active. Now, I'm not talking about some positive mental attitude thing, though I believe in positive mental attitude. I'm talking about having and living the life that God wants us to live for his glory. And number three, so number one is that God wants our lives to go forward. Number two, many people's lives are in fact stagnated, right? They, they cease to flow. They become usefully, they're no longer usefully active. And number three, a lot of people don't know how to go forward. If you said, do you want your life to go? They say yes. And the next question would say, teach me how. How, how do I get it moving again? How do I get it moving? You know, some of the hardest things in life is starting. How many of you agree, right? It's starting. Huh? It's getting that big rock moving. Once it's moving, it's not that hard to keep it moving, but wow. So, you know, how do we get it moving? All right. So last week we talked about, and we said, so, you know, I said in the weeks come, I'm, I'm going to, we were going to explore this vital reality in scripture. Number one, the number one truth is, is that you have to see going forward as a possibility in your life. You have to see, it's one thing for me to believe it, but it's another thing for you to believe it. 
that you have to see that it's possible. I'm not even asking you to believe that it's probable at this moment. I'm asking you to believe simply that it's possible. It's possible for your life to go forward and to believe that God wants it to happen in your family and in your church. That God wants your life to go forward. How many of you believe tonight that it's possible for your life to go forward? Do you believe that tonight? Huh? About half of us. Let's try it again. How many of you believe tonight that it's possible, beautiful, for your life to go forward? Okay. Now, we're going to say this and then we're going to have to jump into the new stuff tonight. Right? Um, this may, may take some real self convincing, some renewing of your mind and what Robert Schuller called years ago, possibility thinking. So some real self-convincing, renewing of your mind and possibility thinking. Now, I say that, I use the word real because there's always people in the room that have had a much harder life up to this moment than other people. Do we all agree with that, right? I mean, we all know that, okay? And, you know, um, the older you get and, and the more you kind of listen to people, the more amazed I am at how many people overcome so much. And I never cease to be amazed at the, the strength of the human spirit that people overcome so much I, I have talked to people in my life and, 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 and when they walked out or they walked away from me, I asked myself, would I even be a functioning human being if I'd been through what they'd been through? And yet they have jobs and they've gone to college and they have lives and they do things and, and, and it's just astounding. But then you also find at times in your life to where your life can stagnate. How many of you would say amen to that? Your marriage can stagnate. Your life, your career, your, your walk with God, your, your life with Him can stagnate. And, and instead of your life, the other definition of the word blessed means that your life, God causes your life to flow like a river. So instead of your life flowing like a river, which the word stagnate means to cease to flow. So instead of your life flowing like a river, your life turns into a swamp. And one of the definitions of the word stagnate means that, that there's a stench. And you know, a stagnated life, and I just challenge you on this tonight. I hope you know I'm not judging or anything. I'm just trying to maybe reach into someone's life and bring some possibility thinking to you. But in order to do that, in order to embrace the possibility thinking that your life could go forward, you may have to be willing to admit where you're at. You know, uh, some of you heard me say this before, you know, but I, I have, uh, over the years, uh, I, I've used the same style Bible for 40 years. And so every time I wear one out, which this one is about worn out, uh, I transfer all of the material, all of the notes, all of the things from one to another. And so... Each Bible is the accumulation of all the previous ones, right? And so let me answer the question now. No, 
no, I'm, I'm not going to give you one of my used Bibles. <laughs> my kids and my grandkids have already claimed all of them. All right, they're sitting on my shelf and they're all there. And Jared and Shannon have made me promise, Dad, and I have preachers all over the world that hear this and they're like, hey, pastor, can you give me one? My kids and grandkids have claimed them all. All right. So, uh, one, so what I do in a lot of them, as you can see, I don't know if you can see it, but I transfer these like little one-liners or two-liners or five-liners statements that I have written down and heard over the years. And, uh, and did you want to take a picture of that? Pretty you had your camera up, okay. And uh, anything for social media, right? Okay. And uh, one of them that I've written down, I'll read it to you is, you can't get where you want to go until you're able to admit where you're at. All right? You can't get to where you want to go until you're able to admit where you're at. Another way of saying it is, I can get to anywhere from where I'm at, but I've got to know where I'm at. I've got to admit it. That that's really hard, right? When you, when you have to do that self-examining and say, look, there's thinking in me. If my life is going to go forward, I'm going to have to change. There's attitudes in me that if my life is going to go forward, I've got to change. You know, it's a very difficult moment. None of this in my notes and I'm meeting up a lot of time, but maybe I guess somebody needs to really hear this because uh, I feel like the Holy Spirit has me on this, right? But uh, it's, it's, it's really difficult uh, but really important that, that if your life's not working, that you admit it. Now, that sounds simple. But, wow, not everyone does it, to be very frank with you. You know? Not everyone does it. And not only does not everyone do it, in their life, they don't do it on their job. They don't do it in their health. They don't do it in their career. They don't do it in their finances. They, they don't do it. And, you know, Albert Einstein said that the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over. And every time you do it, you think it's going to produce a different result. But it's going to keep producing the same result. So back to my point, right? If I'm going to go forward, I may have to go through some real self-convincing, right? Self-convincing. And I mean self-convincing because you may not be surrounded by people that believe in your life going forward. They may be super negative, super stagnant, and you may become accustomed to that stagnant life that you're living in. You, you can't even smell it anymore. And that's one advantage of coming to church, that God kind of open your, 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 your soul nostrils and you can smell so that you can change and have the, so you can smell the stench. <laughs> I could have kept on rolling, but some of you are already laughing. All right. So I, I just had to stop. All right. So the renewing of your mind and possibilities thinking. Okay. So uh, we want to go forward. Amen. And let's remember that it takes six times the firepower to advance a position than to hold it. 
But don't be intimidated by the extra effort. It's worth it. It's worth it. All right? To get your life going forward. Amen? Now, last week, we ended in Philippians 3. So if you would, go back with me there. Right? Philippians, the third chapter. I believe this is a critical ingredient, critical ingredient in living a going forward life. First of all, believing that it's possible. And then second, putting this into practice. Philippians, the third chapter. Now, those of you who come to church, come to church often or come to church for a long time, you're going to read verses we read a lot uh, because these are really good verses. And they're really important and really powerful. All right, so Philippians, the third chapter. Now, we're going to read verses 13 through 16, but I want us to read 15 and 16 first. All right, I do this quite often. When I'm, when I'm studying, I, I, you know, I always read, try to read things in context, and I try to read everything around a thought, you know, the thoughts preceding it, thoughts following it. Because oftentimes in Scripture, like in a lot of things you read, there's a complete thought. And then, you know, you, you read on four or five verses, then the thought changes. It moves into a new direction. And so it's really good sometimes, I've found in Scripture, to go to the end of the thought because it's kind of like Paul said or Jesus said or whoever said these things, said 13 and 14, to bring you to 15 and 16. So if I look at 15 and 16 and see what the end result is, it helps me to better grasp what was said in 13 and 14. Does that make sense to you? All right, so let's go look at it and let's see why these things were said and what the end result of it is for our lives, okay? Verse 15, let us therefore, now the word therefore connects back to the verses we're going to read, as many as be perfect. Now, the word perfect there simply means you're mature. You've grown up. Okay? You're, you're mature. You've grown up. Let me, let me give you a definition there so you get it all. It means fully grown, full grown in mind and understanding and in knowledge of the truth. So fully grown in mind and understanding and in knowledge of the truth. All right? So he says, let us therefore as many as be fully grown, or let's say it this way, as many as want to be fully grown. Hmm? Man, I want to grow up. You know, I want to grow up. We're talking about growing up, growing on Sunday mornings, on the weekends, Saturdays, Sundays. You know, about growing up into him in all things, Paul said in Ephesians. All right, so here he comes back and he says, Let us therefore as many as be perfect or want to be, or fully grown or want to be fully grown, be thus minded. Be thus minded. All right? So, before we even read what he says in 13 and 14, we understand that he wrote 13 and 14 to get us to think the way that he just talked about, that we're going to read. So before I read it, I'm going to embrace the reality that what I'm going to read in just a moment, I need to think this way. That Paul, the Holy Spirit through the Apostle Paul, wants us to be thus minded. Can I get a good amen on that, right? That we be thus minded. The word minded there means to think one and the same thing. 
to think one and the same thing, to think this way, all right? And if, and, and if in anything you be otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. So he said, if you're not thinking this way, God's going to talk to you about thinking this way. He's going to reveal to you that your thinking needs to change and it needs to line up with what he's said prior to us getting to this verse. All right, so when we get to it, man, let's pay, let's pay attention, amen? Because he said God's going to deal with us. God's going to talk to us if our thinking is off. Right? Now we all know, don't we? We all know that going forward in your life may and will even require a change of mind. Take a change of mind. My mind may need to change about life, about things. The Bible calls that repentance. The word repentance means to change your mind. To go from bad to good and good to better. Ooh. To go from bad to good and good to better. Do you see that as a possibility and and for or in and for your life? That your life can go from bad to good and good to better. Amen? And we can do it by changing our mind set. Romans the 8th chapter said to be carnally minded, verse 6, Romans 8, 6, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Life and peace. So I need to ask myself a question. Okay, I want my life to go forward, but what is my mind set? What is my mind set, right? To be carnally minded. What is, how is my mind? What is the tendency or the inclination of my mind? How is it bent, the Bible asks? What is the result of my thinking? Is my thinking a going forward thinking or is my, is my thinking in harmony to what we're going to read in just a moment in the verses preceding? Is my thinking that way or is my thinking opposite? Because I've got to get my thinking right. For as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So I've got to get my thinking right. And let me just tell you what you already know. Changing your thinking isn't going to happen just tonight. It's not a one moment deal. Don't come up to me and ask me after service, Charles, pray for me that my mind be renewed for the rest of my life. Not going to do it. <laughs> Why? Because it's not going to happen that way and you're going to get frustrated and you're going to blame me. There's no reason to pray that prayer. It's a waste of time. Okay? You have to commit to the process. Can I hear a good amen? amen? See the value in it. Believe that it's possible. Believe that it's possible and that the fruit of it is going to be worth obtaining. That the fight, the victory after the fight is worth the fight. Boy, this is good teaching. All right? So he said here, okay, 
that I'm, I may need to change my mind. He reveals to us that there's a way God wants us to think and there's another way and God is going to reveal to us so that we can change our thinking and get into us a going forward mindset, a going forward thinking to where our minds are bent to going forward, not to being stagnant and surely not to going backwards but to going forward. All right, still happy? All right, verse 15. Let us therefore as many as be perfect be thus minded. For if in anything you be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Nevertheless, whereunto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule, watch, let us mind the same thing. So he comes back to it again. Right? He comes back to our thinking. He comes back to the way our minds operate. He comes back, right, to, to allowing our minds to be divinely influenced. Hmm? That's what the word spiritually minded means. It means my mind, I allow my mind to be divinely influenced, which then changes the temperament and the disposition of my mind. Hmm. So I'm going to allow God to influence my mind. Are you going to allow God to influence your mind? Right? I'm going to allow God to influence my mind. I'm not going to put up a do not disturb. Closed. Hmm. I see the value in this. And I want God to divinely influence my mind. I open myself up to divine influence. Right? If there's thinking in me that needs to change, show me. So I can change it. How many of you agree with that, right? If there's thinking in me that needs to change, thinking about myself, about my spouse, my kids, the Lord, my, my place in the earth, my place in the church, show me so I can change it. I want my mind to come under divine influence. How many of you like that definition, right? That, my mind come under divine influence. Now, there's a lot of things, right? You know this. There's a lot of things vying to influence your mind. A lot of things. The people you work with, advertisers on TV, people on the billboards, social media, Hollywood, music, friends, family. All of it and more is vying to influence your mind. It's quite a thought, huh? So I'm going to have to put myself in a place to where my mind can be divinely influenced hmm? and see the value in that and allow it to happen. All right. Now, he says, once again, he said that we may walk by the same rule. And the word rule there means by behavior. So you still with me or have I lost you? You still here? So the Holy Spirit through Paul reveals to us that this mind and allowing this mind that Paul is going to describe to us, if we let this mind in us, it's going to affect our behavior. It's going to affect my behavior. Hmm. So am I open 
to changing behavior. Now, I assume you're here on Wednesday night that you're open to that. But it is amazing how many people are not open to that. It's amazing how many people want to keep living according to an old mindset and somehow get God to make their lives so much better. Mm, I don't want to change. I just want my life to get better. Right? You know, there's an old saying that we as a species don't want things to change, but we do want them to get better. In a perfect world, that's what would happen. That nothing would change, but it would get better. Now, we all know when we say that, that's ridiculous, but which sounds good. Hmm. I don't want to change, but I want my life to get better. But it can't get better unless you change. Amen. And we have to be willing to admit to that. As husbands, as wives, as, as friends, as people... I may need to change some behavior. Are you still glad you came? Okay, cool. All right. So we got that. Have we got, have we, have we got what is in, what is in result one, what, what he's aiming at here? Pretty clear, isn't it? 15 and 16. All right. Now let's back up to 12. Verse 12. Not as though I had already attained either were already perfect. So Paul's writing about himself and he's saying that, you know, there was a time in my life that I, 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 didn't, I didn't think that I had attained and, and I didn't think I was perfect or that I had matured or that I'd come to that place, you know, of, of maturity and my knowledge of God and the things of God. He said, I, I, he said I, to be honest with you, I still don't think I'm completely there, right? Or that I had attained, that I'd come to that place, you know, I, 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 Said I didn't think, you know. Now the word attained is an interesting word. It means to actively take, to accept. To actively take, to accept. All right. He said, even though, not as though I had already attained or actively taken in everything I needed to take in to be perfect. But I follow after it if that, that, if that I may apprehend that for which I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. It's kind of an interesting phrase there in the King James text. Let me read it to you the way it reads in the literal text. He said that I want to apprehend, said for, for which very end I also have been taken hold of by Christ. So he said, so Christ has taken hold of my life with an end in mind. He has taken hold of my life. If that's President Trump, tell him I'll call him back. <laughs> All right. So it's not, but I thought it'd be funny to say it. All right. So anyway, um, 
He says that Christ, come on, get this now. I interrupted myself and I shouldn't have. All right, because I was really on a good point, so let's come back to it. So, you know, when I read this, I, I was really taken back by it. I was taken back by the thought that Christ apprehended me, not just for the moment, but for an end. And Paul says, I want to know, to understand, and to move towards and actively take in what he took me in for. I want that. I want to get in harmony. Can you see the power of that, right? So that I'm in harmony with him. Instead of being cross-grained to him, I'm in harmony with him. That I'm in harmony with the Lord, right? That I understand and that I am taking what he took me in. I want the same end that he wants. And listen, God's end for your life is more than you just getting to heaven. It's a lot more than that. Because in your life, from the time you are become a child of God until you go to heaven, you have lots of endings and beginnings. Many of them. And so that there's always an end and a beginning. And so God has an end and he has a new beginning for you. So you want to be captured or taken in by what he took you in for the end. I think I lost you. No? You all right? Okay. It's kind of good teaching, huh? All right, now here we go. Verse 13, brethren. So he's writing to children of God. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. Now, by that, what he means is, I don't think that I know everything I need to know. I don't think that I comprehend everything I will comprehend. I don't know everything I will know. It also means I have not arrived at my final destination. So he says, where I am at this moment, I don't allow myself to think I'm in my final destination. This is it. That's it. That's all she wrote. No. This is not all she wrote. But isn't it amazing, and please, isn't it amazing how often we see that around us all the time and how sad it is that people give up? They just, this is it. My life will never get better. My life. And you say, well, yeah, Pastor, you know, people in their 80s and 90s. No, no, I've talked to people in their 30s. 
I have. I've talked to people in their 30s that were convinced that their life is now downhill. That their greatest moment was when they played for the state championship when they were 18. Doesn't happen a lot in El Paso, but in other parts of the state it does. Right? And they think that's it. And they're still trying to capture that. Or, ooh, I don't know if I should say this or not. But, you know, I'm, I'm given to saying things probably I shouldn't say. But uh, how people accept that all they think about is what their marriage was 20 years ago instead of what it could be now. So they make no effort in improving what they have because all they can compare it to is what it was. Hmm? I've met Christian people that are very frustrated in their walk with the Lord because they keep referring to what it was right, right when they first got born again or right when they first got filled with the Holy Spirit and they keep trying to capture that. Now, I've never taken drugs. I have no temptation to take drugs. When I was living crazy life, I never messed with drugs. Drugs frightened me. But I, I read an article the other day, and I, I don't know, there's people in here, a lot of you know a lot more about it than I do. But um, I read an article the other day. They say that, that that's the, the addiction of crack that the greatest high you will ever get from crack was the first one. And everyone after that will never match the first one, but they keep coming back trying to get to the first one. Does that make sense to you? They keep trying to recapture that. When in truth, they will never recapture it, but that's where the addiction comes from. Did I define that right? I mean, that's, that's, that's what I've, I've been told by people in medical areas. That they, they, that's, that's, that's the addiction of crack, cocaine. So now we see why God is addressing this so powerfully and telling us to get our minds thinking the way he's going to describe it. Let's continue. We're almost done. Right? Don't say hallelujah. He said, my brethren, I've not counted myself to have apprehended. I do not allow myself to think that I've arrived at my final destination. But this one thing I do. Oh, I love that phrase. I love that phrase. Why do you love it, Charles? Because Charles can do one thing. Don't give me 50 don't give me eight. I can handle one. How many of you can handle one? Amen? Come on. Can you handle one? Amen? Amen. You know, at the end of the last year, I was really struggling there for a little while with my weight. I wasn't able to keep it where I like to keep it. And so I went and talked to a guy and, and he said, well, you know, you need to measure this and measure that and measure this and measure that. And you need to get your app and put the things in and it'll tell you this and that. And I just sat there and looked at him. I said, I'll never do that. 
He said, well, it's not that hard. I said, to you, to me, you have been speaking in a foreign language for the last 30 minutes. He said, well, no, but Charles said, I said, well, no. He said, I'll do it for you. Oh, okay. I'll do it for you. He said, I'll do it for you. Great, do it for me. And then, I, then I'll do it. Why? Because it was like 130 different things I needed to do. Or so, so it seemed like to me, it was probably like five. But I can do one thing. Can you do one thing? Sure you can. Hmm? But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching for the things which are before me. It's one action. It's not two actions. It's one action. I am forgetting and reaching. I am forgetting and reaching. Isn't it incredible how things behind us can mess us up, can reach out of the grave like zombies and grab us and hold us and stagnate our lives. How many of you agree with me on that, right? Things behind us. Paul said, I have figured this out. Now remember, in verse 15 and 16, right? Or was it, yeah, 15 and 16. What did he say? He said, let this mind be in you. Think this way. What he just said, you do the same thing. So what does he say? If I'm going to go forward, if I'm going to go forward, if I'm going to live a going forward life, I've got to make up my mind that I'm going to quit looking back. But I'm not only going to quit looking back, I'm going to reach forward. You see, you can quit looking back and stagnate. Did you catch that? So I'm going to quit looking back. I'm going to forget what's behind me. And, and what's interesting in the Greek text, it says, your successes and failures. Wow. So, you know, we automatically think, well, I'm going to quit thinking about my failure. No, he said your successes and failures. Mm. I don't want to hear about how good you were when you were 18, Bubba. You're not 18 anymore. You're 45. Right? Did you see the teacher was out years ago, right? The older I get, the better I was. Did you get it? The older I get, the better I'm. Oh, okay, you'll get it later. Okay. He said, forgetting those things which are behind. Forget them. Forget them. Okay, let me give the definitions, then we're done. Are you glad you came tonight? Right? Forgetting. You know what the word forget means? Don't remember. <laughs> Put it out of your mind. Those things which are behind you, your former pursuits, your former accomplishments, your former failures. You know what it also means? Don't go backwards. Huh? Don't go backwards. Reaching. 
You only reach because you're believing there's more out there for you. Right? Amen. You know what was astounding to me three years ago when I turned 65? How many people asked me if I was going to retire? And I almost started getting a little complex about it. And I was like, do people want me to retire? I mean, do they? Because I kept having all these people come to me, you know, are you going to retire now at your 65? Can I tell you a little secret? Just a little secret. I'm 68 and I still haven't filed for Social Security. I'm not even thinking about it. Why? Because I believe there's still more out there for me. Does that make sense to you, right? I mean, Tommy Barnett's 81. The rascal is preaching in Hawaii this week. Yeah. And then later in the year, he's going to Trinidad. And Brian Houston asked him to come and do their men's conference. He's 81. So you are reaching because you are believing there's more out there. You're going forward, but you can't go forward if you're reaching backward. Now watch this and then we're done. Okay. He continues. I press toward the mark. Now remember, what did God say in verses 15 and 16? Be Thus minded, have this mind in you. I don't remember backwards. I am reaching forward and watch now. While I'm reaching, I'm not just casually kind of, well, from my chair. You know. uh, pastor said reach, I'm reaching. I'm going to tell you a little secret. If you haven't figured it out, going forward requires some effort. Hmm? It's hard. It's not easy. Watch what Paul said. Watch now. Watch. I love this. He said, I reach forward and I press. I press. I press. Hmm? What does he mean by press? Let me read it to you. He said, I press. The word press means I follow hard after. I pursue with earnestness and diligence in order to obtain it. He said, I'm going after it with the desire of obtaining. You know, you can go to something and not get anything out of it because you had no desire to be there because you didn't go there with any desire to get anything out of it. You didn't, you didn't go. There are people who come to church every week, didn't get anything out of it. They came, but they didn't come with any desire. Hmm? You can go to work for 30 years and never get where you were supposed to have gotten to because you never went with a desire of getting anything out of it other than a paycheck. Huh? You can send your kid to school and the kid not get one thing out of that school. And it's not the teacher's fault because the kid don't have the desire to get anything out of it. 
Okay, if I haven't made you mad, I'm going to make you mad now. And it's your job to build that fire. You know how I built a fire in my kids? I paid for grades. Now, people tell me all the time, you shouldn't do that. It worked. (laughs) I paid for grades. You got an A, you got X amount. You got a B, you got X amount. I didn't pay you for C's. And if you made D's, you paid me. And if you made an F, life as you knew it just came to an end. (laughs) Every year, grammar school, high school, and college, my kids made the dean's list. Every year. Every year. Because I paid for grades. I had to give them a desire. Stand to your feet and I got to let you go. Is there anything good tonight? Amen. Amen. What do you desire? Do you desire? Do you desire to go forward? Do you desire for your marriage to get better? Do you desire for your mind to get better? Huh? I got to tell somebody this. Can, really, it's only 827. Can I just take a moment and share this? It came to me this afternoon. It's been coming to me all service. And I was going to let stop, but I, I feel like I, give, I got to tell somebody this story. I went through a really bad period about, you know, after everything happened and and, uh, and one of the hardest things I had in my life was sleeping. It's incredibly difficult for me to sleep. And I, I, I've always kind of struggled with it, even 20, 30 years ago. I've kind of struggled with it. But I went through a really bad period there for about two or three years where I've just really struggled with sleeping. I mean, it's very difficult. And, you know, sleep deprivation is no joke. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I mean, it's the real deal. And, uh, and I really struggled with it. Well, you know... Uh, over time and, and God helping me and things helping in my life and, and I don't have time to go through all that to you, you know, everything with you on that, but, you know, things happen in, your, in my life and, you know, and, you know, and then Lynn came into my life and brought so much to me and has brought so much joy and happiness to my life. And, and, but I found myself even then where I would, you know, get, get ready to go to bed and I would have this subconscious dread. I would feel my stomach starting to tighten and my chest starting to tighten. And, and one night I was standing there fixing to get in bed and I just said, I, I wouldn't even thought about it. And I thought, wow, this thing from the back here is reaching out and grabbing me. And I just said, but I've had to consciously push it away from me to where my future does not become my past. My future is still open. It's still waiting to be written, but I'm not going to write it from the past and I'm not going to let some long finger come out of the past and write it for me. Does that make sense to you? Amen. So quit being held and start pressing towards the high calling that God has for you. The word high calling means the benefits of living in the kingdom. Press towards that. Lift your hands. Father, in the name of Jesus, we honor you and thank you tonight for your word. Father, we purpose tonight to let this mind be in us. To let this mind be in us that was in Paul. So that this one thing we know, our current situation is not our final situation. My current circumstance is not my final circumstance. 
There is more out there for me. And I'm going to go get it. Say amen to that. I'm going to go get it. I'm going to press forward, not go backward. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God bless you. I love you. I'm going to let you go. Thanks for coming. See you this weekend. More teaching on Grow. Thank you for joining us. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. For information on teaching material or questions about our church, please visit us at alfc.com.